Man, my holiday bills are almost as hard to get rid of as my in-laws. I guess my budget will be my New Year's resolution again. Hi there, friendly S&T banker here. The aftermath of the holidays can be tough. Have you thought about using the equity in your home to consolidate your debt? I can do that? Yep. Home equities are one of the lowest cost financing options. At S&T Bank, we can help you so you can have a financial fresh start. Stop by a branch or visit stbank.com to learn more. S&T Bank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. back. He throws the pass up. It's going to be picked off. James Harrison has it. He's running up the sideline. 25-30, 35-40. Still on his feet at the 45 and down. No, he's still on his feet. Here comes Harrison jumping over people to the 20, the 15, the 10, the 5, and that's a touchdown for Pittsburgh. An amazing play by James Harrison. Gets the snap. He scrambles around, throws it back corner of the end zone. Santonio with a touchdown! Santonio home! I don't know how he did it! Dominique Rogers Cromartie doesn't know how he did it! What a throw! What a catch! What a game! Ah, 15 years ago today. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It is. The Steelers Blitz here on SNR. High noon on a Thursday afternoon. The penultimate day of our regular season programming here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. And, of course, simulcast on Fox Sports Pittsburgh. Wesley Euler with you here. It's the solo Thursday show. Final solo Thursday show of the year. Penultimate show in our regular schedule before we hit our off-season programming next week. So let's have some fun today on the program, shall we? We're going to talk centers and senior bowl here in a minute. Some Art Rooney comments here in the first hour. Uh, we got to catch up with our buddy Brian Backo in hour number two. I'll tell you something that I would be trying to do right now if I were the Pittsburgh Steelers. One move I would be trying to make in the second hour as well too we'll get to your tweets we got to talk about a tv show that you all told me to start watching last week and i have started watching a whole bunch to get to here on the final thursday show of this 2023 2024 season programming for your pittsburgh steelers and us here on the steelers blitz wesley euler with you for the next two hours and you know the drill you want to get at me questions comments concerns reactions i'll take it all on twitter at wesley euler on X, whatever we're calling it this week. That's where you get involved. You know we like your involvement and your participation every day, but particularly when I'm rocking and rolling here solo on a Thursday. Steelers questions, senior bowl questions, football questions, any other random questions that you want to throw at me. Let's get it going. Let's get it popping. Let's have some fun here over the next two hours. I hope that was a fun way for you all to open the show. It certainly was for me 15 years ago today. The Steelers won Super Bowl 43. Dan Air in Tampa Bay taking down the Arizona Cardinals in one of the all-time great Super Bowls. And I don't just say that because I'm a Steeler fan working on Steelers Nation Radio. I think that's 
inarguable that it was one of the great all-time Super Bowls. You have two of the most memorable plays in Super Bowl history that you heard there. The James Harrison 100-yard pick six at the end of the first half. The San Antonio Holmes touchdown to seal the game, to win the game and come back dramatic fashion for the Steelers at the end. You had Larry Fitzgerald making incredible plays throughout that game. A litany of Hall of Famers on both sides of the football Lead changes throughout that game, back and forth and down to the wire and big plays and memorable moments. Truly one of the best Super Bowls ever. And as I've shared with you all before, that was my senior year of high school. You know, so I was just, you know, you're, you're what, it was February of my senior year. So you're three months away-ish from graduation. And I think everybody remembers that time in your life, right? You're 17, 18 years old. It's really kind of the first time in your life that you're starting to experience freedom and being able to make your own choices and your parents giving you more freedom and a longer leash than you've ever had before. And you probably had your driver's license and maybe you had a car and just that point in life, right, where you're really growing up and you're deciding where you want to go to college and what you want to do with the next phase of your life and spending all that time soaking it in at the end of the senior year with all your friends, all your buddies that you grew up with. And for the Steelers to win a Super Bowl like that during that time for me, it was special. It's something I'll always remember fondly. Yes, you never forget your first time, right? And I was a freshman in high school when the Steelers won Super Bowl Forty. The bus stopped in Detroit, and that was an incredible run. That was an incredible rush. That was an incredible feeling. But there's just something about San Antonio in the back of the end zone, as I've told you before, that does it to me. That was my Steeler moment growing up. In our buddy Mickey, old Mick, down in his basement, about 12 of us just losing our ever-loving minds when San Antonio Holmes caught that football. Uh, A great memory. One of my favorite sports memories. My favorite Steelers memory 15 years ago today, which also makes me feel old because now I'm figuring out it's coming up here pretty quickly on the 15-year anniversary of me graduating high school. Oh, no. Stillers, Super Bowl champions 15 years ago today down in Tampa Bay. That dramatic victory against the Cardinals had to start off the show with that. But we got a plenty to get to here today, jam-packed on this final uh, Thursday show. Again, penultimate show of our regular season programming. So you got to speak now or hold your tweets, all right, because we only got a couple more days here of the live reaction, the live at noon shows here for you, so plenty to get into. Let's talk here a little senior bowl. And specifically, let's talk some centers because a couple reasons. One, you know, that is a position of need, a position with a lot of eyeballs on it from the Steelers' perspective. I think fans, I think media, I think if you watch with the coaching staff, who they're talking to and what they're doing down there in Mobile, Alabama, a lot of signs point to the Steelers being interested in a center. Another reason why, it's just a strong crop of centers in this year's NFL draft. I think you could have four guys picked in the top 60-ish, and that's, that's pretty good for the center position. I think there's four guys, maybe even five, that could step right in and have an impact and could be day one starters or pretty darn close in this draft class. It's a talented group. It's a deep group. And it's one that has the attention of the Steelers. So it all kind of comes together for a perfect reason, particularly for me, when one of those guys is Zach Frazier, of course, who played his collegiate football for the world champion West Virginia Mountaineers, my alma mater, my obsession, 
my last bastion of pure sports fandom in my life that isn't affected by work, right? You guys know the drill. I went to WVU. I was raised a WVU fan. Those are my initials. I'm a season ticket holder. I've been to over 100 WVU football games in my life, yada, 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 yada. A lot of talk, rightfully slow, uh, this week about Jackson Powers Johnson. He's a dog out of Oregon, okay? Really good player. Won the Remington Trophy this past season, which for those of you who aren't college football junkies, that's the award that's given every single year to the top center in college football as voted by the Associated Press. Jackson Powers Johnson has everything. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. He's got the physicality. He ain't last until the second round. If you're the Steelers, you need to draft him at pick 20 or you need to trade back a few picks and hope he's still there because he ain't going to be there at 52. Now, all these other guys could be. Zach Frazier, I think, will be there at 52 considering that he broke his leg at the end of last season. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, in a minute here. I think SVP, Cedric Van Pran from Georgia, will probably be a second-round pick as well too. And that feels like the sweet spot for the Steelers to me. All right, so I'm not going. To, I'm not going to sit here and deny. Listen, I have Zach Frazier as my number two center. So, how about that? Some of you might think, Ah, Wes, here comes the West Virginia Homer telling us why Zach Frazier is God. I mean, Zach Frazier is God, but he's also the number two center on my personal big board. I have Jackson Powers Johnson number one. All right, so let's just set that groundwork. So throughout this entire process today at the combine, leading up to the draft, when I talk about Zach Frazier in my Blue and gold blood does come out here. Actually, gold and blue, because that's how WVU legally does it. It ain't blue and gold. It's gold and blue, right? You know, steel, you can't say black and yellow. It's black and gold. That's like how WVU fans are. It's gold and blue, not blue and gold. I can feel them yelling at me, my, my brethren already. Jackson Powers Johnson is my 1C or my C1, whichever way we want to label it, okay? But Zach Frazier is my center number two, and he's the one that I'm going to talk about for a minute here because Jackson Powers Johnson has been the darling. He's been the stud of Senior Bowl week. And like I said, rightfully so, doesn't surprise me. He is my number one center on the big board, but he ain't last until the second round, and I also don't know if he's worth pick 20. If you're drafting a guy around that state, if you're drafting a center that high in the draft, he better be Marquise Pouncey, right? I mean, he better come in, he better be all pro caliber right away, and he better be he better have a Hall of Fame type resume by the time he's done. If you're drafting a center at 20th overall, you better be dang sure. I almost said you better be beaver damn sure that he's your guy. And I like Jackson Powers Johnson a lot. I don't know if I like him enough to take him 20th overall. We could check back on that. My opinion on all these things will evolve as the Senior Bowl plays out, as the Combine plays out, as Pro Days play out, as we get closer and closer. This isn't a set-in-stone thing on February 1st. But right now, if I were the Steelers, I would be looking for a center in the second round. First round, I'd be looking at another tackle, potentially. I'd be looking at a defensive lineman, maybe. I'm always looking at cornerback because you need those in the National Football League. Maybe I'm looking at playmaker on offense. First round pick 20, I want a true best player available scenario. But at pick 52 in the second round, I want Zach Frazier. Point blank period. I want a center, and I want a guy that fits very well with what the Steelers need. 
So let's talk about that a little bit, all right? Now it's my turn to do a little bit of the Homer thing here. Been a lot of people talking about Zach Frazier in Pittsburgh over the last 24 hours or so, and I promise you this, there is nobody in this town that is better positioned to talk about him than your boy Wesley Euler. All right? Unless Blaine Stewart, who used to coach for the Steelers, who now coaches for WVU, right? Son of former WVU head coach Bill Stewart, used to coach wide receivers with the Steelers. Now he's with the Mountaineer coaching staff. Unless Bill Stewart's going to walk in, the, or Blaine Stewart's going to walk in this door right now and tell us about Zach Frazier and how it relates to the Steelers, he's the only one that could be in Pittsburgh that knows this better than me. So let's talk a little bit about Zach first, okay? He is from Fairmont High School, which is only about 90 miles south here of Pittsburgh. Uh, Two-time state champion in football, four-time state champion in wrestling. Only lost twice in his entire career in wrestling, and those were both his freshman year, by the way. First true freshman to start at West Virginia on the offensive line since 1980. He's also an academic weapon. Now, I know Mountaineers, academics might surprise you. All Big 12 first team, all four years in Morgantown. And if you might just say, oh, yeah, well, all right, that's just that West Virginia education. <laughs> he had a full-ride scholarship offer from Stanford out of high school. All right? And Stanford don't offer you a full-ride scholarship in football unless you're checking them academic boxes. Now, those things are a little ancillary to the football, right? But that just speaks to how this is a guy that checks every single box. He got the athletic department at WVU to put captions, closed captions on all the videos that we post, that that the university posts, because he has a blind cousin. He went to the athletic department and said, hey, you know all the highlight videos, all the interviews, all the hype videos that you guys post? Would you mind putting closed captions on those? Because I've got a blind cousin who really, or uh, uh, sorry, pardon me. Uh, Yeah, I've got a, a deaf cousin, pardon me, not blind, because then closed captions wouldn't make sense, right? I got that backwards. Apologies to the Frazier family. He's got a deaf cousin. Would you mind putting closed captions on everything? Because my cousin really likes to watch our videos and our content. That's that's the type of guy he is. He's got a wood shop that he works in for fun. That's what he does for fun is he builds stuff and he punches people in the mouth. But again, that's some of the ancillary check the other boxes stuff. Here's what you really need to know about Zach Frazier. Uh, he is stout. He is thick. He is powerful. Being a four-time state wrestling champion has allowed him to learn that initial quickness, that proper leverage that every great center needs. All he does is create movement in the run game. All he does is turn defenders, latch to defenders, torque defenders in directions that they don't want to go. Now, I will admit to you, he's got average athleticism. He's, He's not a bona fide stud athlete. But man, in terms of his strength, in terms of his core, in terms of his power, in terms of his leverage, he's A-plus across the board. And he is outstanding in run and in pass protection as well, too. Let's talk about some of the numbers behind that. When Zach Frazier first started at WVU, folks, the Mountaineers averaged just 73 rushing yards per game. That's terrible. That was one of the worst, I believe third worst, out of the 68 Power 5 programs at the time. Now, over his time there, to the end, Mountaineers averaged 234 yards on the ground this season, the best in Power 5. WVU allowed just four sacks all year, the second best in Power 5. And at one point, the WVU offensive line went over 200 snaps without giving up a sack. That was all while... The 12-game season this year, the Mountaineers used seven different starting offensive line combinations due to injury. But the anchor 
of all of that success was Zach Frazier. Didn't matter who his guards were. Didn't matter who his tackles were. West Virginia was bumping guards out to tackle, bumping tackles into guard. Seven different starting combinations in 12 games. Yet, again, the numbers. 234 yards per game rushing. The best in Power 5 from 73 yards per game his rookie season. Tripled that production. Allowed four sacks just all season. Over 200 snaps without giving up a sack. Zach Frazier is the tide that raises all the ships around him. He is the anchor, the center of that offensive line. And the last thing I'll tell you here is I think the perfect way to describe him was the last play of his collegiate career. Final game of the season, final drive, WVU's down against Baylor, in Baylor, right, on the road in Waco, losing to Baylor, final possession of the game. Mountaineers have to score to win. There's about a minute and 20 seconds left. WVU gets the ball. Zach Frazier pushes Preston Fox, grabs him and and pushes him, moves him across uh, the first down mark to get WVU a first down on the final drive of the game. I mean, he. you go back and watch the highlight. Preston Fox is stopped in his tracks, and Frazier comes in and moves the entire pile himself to a first down, and in the process, a Baylor player rolls up on his leg and breaks it. What does Zach Frazier do? With a broken friggin' leg, gets up and crawls off the field because he knows if he stays down injured, WVU's going to get a 10-second runoff for the end of the game for injury because they have no timeouts and it's under two minutes. And he knows, oh, crap, my boys can't afford a 10-second runoff. He, with a broken friggin' leg, crawls off the field so that play can continue. Brandon Yates, backup center, runs in. WVU moves down the field, scores a touchdown with 20 seconds left in the game to win the game. None of that happens if Zach Frazier doesn't push Preston Fox for a first down. None of that happens if he doesn't move his 300 pounds off the field with a broken leg. Now, doesn't that sound like a Pittsburgh Steeler? All right, Pitt fans, put it behind, right? We're not doing this. I ain't doing the Kenny Pickett thing. We're not doing the Pitt and the Penn State and the WV. I'm not doing it. Put your collegiate feelings aside. Doesn't that sound like a Steeler? Gets the job done for a first down, breaks his leg, crawls off the field, saves his team time, and they end up winning the game. Doesn't that sound like a Pittsburgh Steeler? Four-time state champion wrestler. Doesn't that sound like a Pittsburgh Steeler? His idea of having fun is working in his wood shop and building stuff with his hands. Doesn't that sound like a Pittsburgh Steeler? I'm telling you, I think Jackson Powers Johnson is a little bit better. I will concede that. But Zach Frazier, I believe, will be there at pick 52. And Zach Frazier, I believe, fits exactly what the Steelers need at that position. A physical anchor who can get to the second level who can be part of this Arthur Smith run scheme that the Steelers are going to uh, go about installing here. So that's it. I appreciate you giving me those eight or nine minutes there to be an absolute homer and tell you a little bit more about Zach Frazier, but I'm not an absolute homer. I mean, he is top 50 on most big boards. Doesn't matter where you look. Wherever you subscribe for your draft content, he's top 50, top 60, even close to the 40s, in the 40s on, on some of these. He's going to be a day two draft pick. He might have had a chance of going first round, not not after he broke his leg, though, and is still working on rehabbing that. Jackson Powers Johnson is going to be the first center off the board. But if Frazier's sitting there at 52, I'm all in. 
And obviously the fact that he's a Mountaineer helps, certainly, without a doubt. But he fits a position of need, and he checks every box on the field and off the field for, I think, the center in Arthur Smith's offense. You'd like him to be a tad bigger. That's the only thing. But, you know, he's not that much smaller than Jackson Powers Johnson. JPJ has about an inch and 10 pounds on him. Not a massive difference. And, you know, I think a lot of people talk about Zach Zach Frazier's size like he's Kendrick Green. He ain't that tiny. So there you go. Oh, one more thing about Zach Frazier. Alabama and Nick Saban, you know, West Virginia boy Nick Saban, tried to give Zach Frazier a bag to go to Alabama this offseason. And you saw how bad Alabama's offensive line was, particularly their center, who you could argue cost them that win against Michigan in the national semifinal and out in the Rose Bowl. Zach Frazier was the guy that Nick Saban tried to throw a substantial bag at to get him to transfer from WVU to Alabama. He said, Coach, I'm good. This is my team. This is my state. I appreciate it, but I ain't leaving. Checking all the boxes. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, that's where you can get at me. Thoughts on Zach Frazier, thoughts on the senior bowl, thoughts on any and all of this, football-related, non-football-related. Let's have some fun on this Thursday. Art Rooney II, he met with the media earlier this week. couple things that I want to highlight here um, for his comments. I think that play uh, even, even more clarity with some of the things he said now post-Arthur Smith news. We'll get into that and some of your reaction on the other side. It's a Thursday, solo Thursday of the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Yins like it. Yins love it. Yins want some more of it. R. Slade tweets and says, listen, brother, you got me sold on Frazier. Love the wrestling and academic background. Let's get him in Pittsburgh. And he tweets and says, I'm sitting in the front row in the pew of the chapel of Zach Frazier. Preach, Pastor Wes. I listen, you guys will know too. And I know some people will think that I'm a homer, and in and, and ways I certainly am, without a doubt. Without a doubt. All right, my initials are WVU for crying out loud. I am a season ticket holder of the football team, have been for I don't know. When, when I whenever I moved back from Pittsburgh from uh to Pittsburgh from Philadelphia, 2018, 2019, somewhere around there. All right, everything, all the last few years feel like a blur, don't they? But one, here, here's the two, here's the two things that I would say though to uh, to prove my objectivity is that one again, Frazier's my he's my center two, he's my two C. Jackson Powers Johnson is number one on my big board. The second thing I will say though is that what this is the end of the sixth season that we've been doing this show that I've been doing this show, and I've never once stumped for a WVU player for the Steelers before. So, there you go. And, hey, he might not even be there at pick 52. Uh, It's going to be very interesting to see what his combine work looks like. He's doing light stuff down at the Senior Bowl. I mean, heck, he just broke his leg, you know, uh, at the end of November. So, he's he's only, what, a full two months out, maybe eight or nine weeks out from leg surgery. He's doing some light stuff at the Senior Bowl. Still hasn't been cleared for contact on the medical side. 
Uh, let's see what that looks like at, at the Combine. Um, but, man, I will say, overarching, the one thing that we should all agree on and the one thing that should make us um, excited is that center, I think we all agree, from Steelers fans to Steelers media to some of the stuff you're seeing from the decision makers, that center is a position of need, a position of priority for this team. And like I said, that meshes well with this draft class. And maybe that's not – maybe the Steelers identify somebody in free agency that they're able to go out and get that they think is at a fair price, good price, and and then we get to the draft and center isn't even on our discussion anymore because the Steelers addressed it in free agency. That's certainly a possibility too. But center is a need, and it feels like there's going to be a couple good ones available in free agency. And like I said, I think there's three, four, five – pretty darn good ones in this draft that can come in and help you right away. So that should be encouraging. You always like it when a strong draft class at a particular position meshes with a position of need, and it feels like center is lining up to do so in that direction this season. Rod Dalla tweets and says, I wouldn't mind if we took – uh, Jackson Powers Johnson with the twentieth overall pick. I wouldn't either, Rod. I I, I would like. I'm not going to be upset if that happens. I just again, you draft a center that high, he better be pouncy esque. He better step in on day one and you know and kick some booty and be an All Pro caliber player like Pouncy was. And Pouncy was what 18th overall, I believe, out of Max Starks, Florida Gators. So not terribly far, you know, 20th pick, 18th pick, not terribly far off there. I, I, I don't know, though, man. I mean, Pouncey was just, whew, he was a hell of a prospect. Hell of a prospect. And I think JPJ is too, but you take a center at 20, that guy better come in and start right away, and he better anchor your offensive line for a decade. I think particularly in the scope of, I really like center 2-3-4 in the draft behind him. This year as well, too. But it's going to be interesting. It's certainly going to be interesting. Got more tweets here. We'll get to some of those as we roll along. Uh, got some funny tweets from you guys about, you know, what are we supposed to do when the Blitz isn't going to be on regularly every single day? I've got some ideas for you. I'll get into all of that with you guys here before we close out the first hour. Couple minutes of audio, though, here. You all know you're listening to this show, whether it be live now on SNR or Fox Sports Pittsburgh, or whether you're listening in podcast form later on. Maybe you're listening in the SNR loop after the fact. But whatever the case, if you're tuned in to Steelers Nation Radio, you're pretty tuned in with the Steelers. Obviously, you know Art Rooney II, team owner, team president, Mr. Rooney, spoke earlier this week. Two members of the media. That's not one of those, right? Like, it's not live-streamed like the Mike Tomlin press conferences. It's a smaller... Uh, you know, the core Steelers media, if you will, the people that are there day in and day out, not, uh, you know, the national people that can pop by and things like that as they please. Maybe the, the dozen or so core Steelers media that work for papers and radio stations and television and that type of thing get their opportunity to talk to Mr. Rooney at the end of every season. Those comments always come out. They're allowed to share those comments and everything. Again, it's just not live streamed like the Mike Tomlin press conference is, for example. Well, Mr. Rooney did sit down with Rob King. Ah, our guy King, or King in the Castle, King in the Castle, for just a few minutes on Steelers.com as well, too. And this was before the report of Arthur Smith being hired as offensive coordinator. I want to lay that out here because Dan's going to ask him some questions in that regard. So 
you might think, okay, what's this isn't quite as timely now, but I, I think some of the comments made in here now, in hindsight of the Arthur Smith hire, make a lot of sense. Does that make sense? I think so. Let's play this. Just a couple minutes here. Rob King, Mr. Rooney, and then we'll react and then we'll discuss. Our team finished 10-7 and seven this year, made the playoffs. Ups and downs, obviously, you had a three-game losing streak, you had a three-game winning streak. You did make it to the postseason. How did you sort of assess the season in general? Well, we, we certainly had some ups and downs and uh, twists and turns, as, as usual. Uh, but, uh, you know, all, all in all, I thought there were a lot of positives that we can build on. And, you know, certainly the, the rookie class, uh, I think, is one of the strengths that, uh, that we, you know, we had. And some key guys look like they are uh, going to be able to fill important positions for us for a while to come. And uh, so, uh, you know, I think the big thing is we, you know, we need to get uh, quality play out of the quarterback position. And that's going to be a key piece, piece of the puzzle coming up. Well, let's skip ahead to the rookie class since you mentioned that. Heartening to see guys contributing right away and know that they're going to be a big part of your future. Yeah, they, uh, you know, they came in and really, uh, you know, e- e- even the, though it took them a little while to get on the field, which is, you know, normal, you know, once they stepped on the field, they, you know, they were making a difference. And so uh, it's good to see. And, uh, and you know, there's some guys, uh, you know, even down the line, uh, uh, Nick Herbig probably, you know, can see more playing time going forward. So. You know, there's some, some guys down there that I think can, can make even a bigger contribution going forward here. In his year-end press conference, Mike Tomlin said, he plans on being here in 2024. It's the last year of his contract. Can you share with us what the future might look like for Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh? Well, you know, Mike and I sat down, as we always do, right after the season. And number one, he certainly assured me that uh, he's not looking to take a break or, or uh, have a sabbatical or any of that other stuff that was being discussed. You know, Mike loves football and, and loves being here, and, and uh, you know, so I'm happy he wants to be here this year and, and into the future. He also talked in that year-end press conference about finding an offensive coordinator outside of the Steelers' uh, current system right now. Why is that important for the team? Look, we, we saw a little bit of success at the end of the season, but overall, if you look back at the last couple of years, uh, you know, we just haven't had the kind of offensive production that, that we need to see. And so I think that's probably the major reason why uh, uh, we're going to look outside to bring in some, some new, fresh uh, approach to it. Are you looking for any specific traits in your future offensive coordinator? Well, I mean, certainly somebody that's uh, willing and able to come in and work with the roster we have and, and build on the strengths that we already have. You know, we, I think we have uh, a good rushing attack and two good young running backs. So, uh, you know, those are things we need to, to build on. And, you know, some, some good young receivers. Uh, so there's there's a lot of potential, but, you know, whoever it is, they need to, to be able to come in and work with those guys and, and, you know, help them take the next step. I mean, that's Arthur Smith, right? We talked about this with Motsi yesterday. What does Mr. Rooney say there about the Steelers' offensive coordinator? Work with our roster, build with our strengths, and then the first thing he mentions is the run game. The writing was on the wall in that regard the whole time. I mean, like it really was. The moment we heard Arthur Smith mentioned, we should have known that it was a done deal. The writing was on the wall. One thing that I found, you know, my six years around the team, covering the team, Mr. Rooney doesn't lie, man. Like, like when he says, 
We want to improve the run game, and the Steelers go out and draft Najee Harris in the first round. We want to improve the run game. The Steelers spend two off-seasons turning over the offensive line in free agency and via the draft. Like, he, he doesn't hide his feelings or his priorities. And so, like Motes and I talked about yesterday, if you're one of those fans who you wanted the Steelers to completely do a 180, right? Completely zag instead of zig. You wanted them to to bring in a, a younger offensive mind, more pass-driven, go get a new quarterback, go get some new weapons, go redo the offensive line, move in a completely different direction, right? That's your prerogative as a fan. You wanted a, you know, a, a, a new wave offense. And honestly... I could sit like we could sit down and have a conversation about that. I don't think in in theory, I don't think that's the worst idea ever. It's just in practicality and execution, and again with the way that the Steelers operate, to move in that direction is going to be a two three year process with a whole new coaching staff, a whole new roster, and a lot of growing pains in between. And that is that's just never going to be the Steelers. If you want them to be that organization, I think you're going to be waiting for a long time. They surveyed the landscape. What do we have? What did our offense do well this year? And that was run the football. Over the last two years, that's the the positive you can take from the offense. Now, they've started out too slowly, certainly the last two years in that regard. And hopefully that's something that Arthur Smith is working on. That's one of his priorities to figure out on, on day one or week one is, hey, this run game in 2023 and in 2022, really got it going down the stretch. You know, like post-Halloween, they really figured it out both years. But why did it take them eight weeks to figure it out? Because if they can bring that run game from week one that we've seen down the stretch each of the last two years, that's how this Steelers team, as currently constructed, is going to win games. And Arthur Smith, I think, is the right leader in that regard to do so. If your priorities are different, Kenny stinks. This offense is archaic. We need a new line. We need new wide receivers, new quarterback. Blow it all up. That that you're you're not going to be convinced otherwise. And again, that's all right. That's your prerogative as a football fan. But that was just never even on the table for the Steelers. It wasn't. And you might hate that. And we can talk about is that the safe decision? We can talk about all of this in the scope of the National Football League. But the Steelers don't care about that. What have Motes and I said a million times? The most important thing to the Pittsburgh Steelers organization are the decisions that give them the best chance to win the next game and build upon our strengths, work with our roster, run game. It's Arthur Smith. I mean, I I think that Mr. Rooney audio came out around the same time that we figured out that the Steelers, maybe a day after we learned that the Steelers were going to interview Arthur Smith or had interviewed Arthur Smith, we should have... We should have washed our hands, and it's a wrap. He's the guy. Because, again, sometimes you can just read the tea leaves, and it's right there in front of you. All right, a lot of tweets rolling in. I love this. We're having some fun on a Thursday. I'm enjoying this. A couple different topics, a couple different angles here in the first 45 minutes of the show, of the show or so here. We'll keep that rolling. Uh, I want to get to some of your tweets to close out the first hour on the other side, and then to start the 1 o'clock hour, I will tell you one move. If I was Mr. Rooney, if I was Omar Khan, if I was Mike Tomlin, that just kind of sounds funny for a jabroni radio guy like me to say that out loud. But if I was Mr. Rooney, if I was Omar Khan, if I was Mike Tomlin, if I was the decision makers of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, there would be one thing I'd be trying to pull off right now. 
And I'll tell you what that is at 1 o'clock. Good old-fashioned radio tease, baby. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Final segment of the first hour here, Blitzing on a Thursday, solo edition of the Blitz. It's our penultimate regular season programming schedule. We got some tweets about that that I'll get to here. Motes and I will be back tomorrow for our final regular show as we go on. We remember all the times we spent together. Something about singing vitamin C graduation song over a Biggie Smalls sounding beat is just wrong. So I do apologize for that one. Let me fade down the music here. A couple minutes before we have to go to break, get reset here for the second hour. Let's hit some of your tweets here as we close down our number one. Steeler Nation 920. Our buddy Tyler up in Wisconsin tweets. I will be graduated from high school for 20 years soon, so thanks for making me feel older, Wes. But that final drive should be known as the best final drive in Super Bowl history. Would you draft a middle linebacker this year, and who, if so, what's your favorite cheesecake? And if I buy you Camp Randall tickets, are you coming? All right, so some good ones here, Tyler. Let's hit on these. First of all, certainly in the conversation for best final drive in Super Bowl history. I mean, remember early in that drive, the Steelers got a holding call, and it was like, oh, no, you know, they were – facing a first and long, and they were able to convert that set of downs. San Antonio Holmes makes the big splash play up the sideline. And then remember, right before Tone made that toe-tapping, game-winning touchdown catch, he dropped one previously in the end zone, too. I remember talking a couple years ago at the Combine, actually, uh, when we had San Antonio on with him about that, and him saying, I thought I lost us the Super Bowl. I thought I lost us the game. Fortunately, we had the time to, you know, to come back and, another opportunity to go make a play and he was able to get it done that time but certainly up there there's hey there's been some great final drives in Super Bowl history without a doubt right um I think what makes what makes that Super Bowl so memorable is not only the final drive the end of the first half though with Debo too right and what is listen we can debate final drives and all these things greatest play in Super Bowl history that's the greatest defensive play in Super Bowl history I don't care what anybody says uh, you combine, too, like I said, just how many Hall of Famers are on both teams, how many all-timers on both teams in that game. It's a memorable one, without a doubt. Obviously, when you come out on top and you're a fan of the team that wins a game like that, it sticks with you forever, and that's why even 15 years later, we remember it so fondly. 15 years ago today, Steelers capture Super Bowl forty-three in dramatic fashion. I would like the Steelers to draft a middle linebacker. And you know what? That might even, again, pick 20 is wide open for me. This is not the strongest middle linebacker class. Might only be one guy taken in the first round, Trotter out of Clemson. And maybe 20 is a little too rich for my blood, for his blood. But I think when you consider the injuries you had there last year, the unknown status I mean, what's Cole Holcomb like to start the season? What do you do with Quan Alexander after another unfortunate injury in his career? I think you need to add another off-ball linebacker at some point, whether it be in the draft, whether it be in free agency. But we will obviously get into that in more detail 
as we roll along throughout this offseason process. Favorite cheesecake. Okay, so I don't know if you mean like a specific place or a style of cheesecake. This is the same. Like You guys know I love plain pizza. I love glazed donuts. I am kind of a traditional. I'm a fundamentalist, as Mike Tomlin would say, in a lot of these regards. But I do love a good peanut butter cheesecake. Ooh, buddy. Some whipped cream, that right little peanut butter drizzle. Ooh, it's so good. But if you just go to New York City and go to any of the dessert places and just get a regular slice of cheesecake, it's immaculate. That would probably be my answer. Uh, If you buy me Camp Randall tickets, are you coming? I would love to go to a game at Camp Randall. For those who aren't college football nerds, that's where Wisconsin plays their college football. That's where T.J. Watt played his collegiate football, where Keanu Benton played his collegiate football. Camp Randall, it's on one of the lists of places I would love to go to. If I were to make a sports bucket list, and you know what? Maybe this will be a fun off-season topic. I should write this down now in my notes. Maybe Motsi and I will have to do our sports bucket lists one day in the summertime, and we need to, you know, kill a segment or two because there's not much content. The majority of mine would revolve around college football stadiums and atmospheres that I want to experience. The only problem, Tyler, as you know, is the Steelers' schedule dominates my schedule in the fall, and so it's really hard for me to make it to college football games. Like, example, I have WVU season tickets, right? But I could only go to three games last year because of my Steelers' schedule and responsibilities and duties. The other games, my parents take them. I let my buddies have them, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I, I don't worry about that per se. But I've told you guys before, one of my old roommates from college works for the athletic department at LSU. I would love to go down to Death Valley and watch LSU play Arkansas or Alabama or Georgia or Florida or somebody like that, Right? I would love to go to Camp Randall. I'd love to go to an Army-Navy game. I'd love to go to the Cotton Bowl to the Texas Fair and watch Oklahoma and Texas play in that environment there. there. There's a lot of college football environments that I would like to go witness. I'd like to go to a game at the Swamp with Max Starks. But unfortunately, it's tough for me. You guys know, as a you know, as a football junkie, like college football is my pleasure. NFL football is my business. <laughs> I love college football. It's my favorite thing, you know, from a sports standpoint in the world. It it, it says all that I need to say when you guys know that my schedule, my life, my career is evolved around football. And on the rare occasion that I get a day off during football season, I'm driving 90 minutes south to Morgantown to go watch the Mountaineers play. I, I love it. I'd love to go to a game at Camp Randall. I'd love to have some brats and some cheese curds with those Wisconsinites out in the, out in the tailgate lots. I'd love to jump around with all the yins at the end of the third quarter. It's just really tough to swing with my, uh, with my, with my Steelers responsibilities. That's, it is funny. I love my job. I love it, and I'm so lucky to, to do this for a living. The two things, though, that I don't like, if I'm just being completely honest about my job, is one, it com- like, from July to February, my my weekends and my schedule are completely dictated by whatever the NFL schedule is. And two, you know, a lot of times you miss holidays and things like that because of it. So, like, weekends and holidays, that's the only downside of my job. Your weekends don't really exist during the fall and winter, and holidays can be hit or miss. We were pretty fortunate this year. 
We're in Indy on December 23rd, so we were home for Christmas Eve and home for Christmas, right? But last year, the Steelers played on Christmas Eve, night game. I didn't get home till 3.30 in the morning on Christmas Day. You know, what happens if we're traveling and things like that, as, as you can all imagine. You're picking up what I'm putting down. But yes, Tyler, I've taken way too long to answer this question, and in theory, I would love to go to Camp Randall. We'll hook it up one day. We'll make it happen. You know what it has to be? It has to be like the season opening game on Labor Day weekend before the NFL season starts. Then that way we can guarantee to make it happen. All right, one hour in the books, another hour to go. When we come back on the other side to start hour number two, one move I would be trying to make right now, if I were a decision maker, if I were pulling the strings down there on the south side and I was in those meetings and in those rooms, it just sounds funny to say out loud, there's one thing that I'd be trying to do right now. And I'll tell you what that is in just a couple minutes. On your 24-7, home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio. Man, my holiday bills are almost as hard to get rid of as my in-laws. I guess my budget will be my New Year's resolution again. Hi there, friendly S&T banker here. The aftermath of the holidays can be tough. Have you thought about using the equity in your home to consolidate your debt? I can do that? Yep, home equities are one of the lowest cost financing options. At ST Bank, we can help you so you can have a financial fresh start. Stop by a branch or visit stbank.com to learn more. ST Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender.